2: Welcome to, wait, wait, don't hell me. That's right, W K G Z Z. that's Z-Z, on your dial, on either side of the Mississippi. Yeah, it's five letters. It's an exception. We'll explain it in our terms and conditions later in the broadcast. This is your NPR station and your only Arizona State-themed podcast. I am your host. Spencer Hall, that's right, KGZZ veteran, and Arizona State Devotee, joining me, as always, Ryan Nanny, from... That's Roderick Thames Nanny? Oh, oh goodness, I'm so sorry about that. You,
1: you, you can call me, you can call me Ryan, (laughs) that was my, that was my name at boarding school.
2: Oh, we're off to a little bit of a hoofer already. That's okay. Like the Sun Devils, we will recover from our early gaffes. Also joining us, Jason Kirk. Also a KGZZ veteran and diehard Arizona State aficionado. Hello, Jason. Hello. Thank you for having me on the program tonight. Tonight, I think what we are going to do is endeavor to cover the entire Pac-12 South. Um, And I will be frank before we start and say that if you are listening one thank you for contributing to the pledge drive it will uh begin next week it it ended last week but we'll pick it back up again because only KGZZ provides the quality programming you hear on these very radio waves with the support I'm, of listeners Spencer, like you I'm,
1: I'm I'm so embarrassed to say that you've you've forgotten our station switch in the midst of all the hullabaloo oh, of the pledge of the pledge drive, we're now of course carried on WDUI. Tempe's finest classical slash police scanner public how, radio station.
2: How could I forget the tipsy cruise with the booze that gets you the news through your day? K D K D U I Not to be confused with our sister station in Tucson, KDWI.
1: Hello, listeners. We're currently recording at 756 in the post-meridian. The temperature outside, a balmy, comfortable 94 degrees. I
2: think what we're going to do now uh, here on... Wait, wait. Don't hell me is talk a little bit about our own beloved alma mater, Arizona state university, the jewel of paradise Valley, the desert oasis of learning, erudition, and for at least 12 games, every fall, excellent competition on the football field.
3: Jason Kirk, I think you've prepared something. Yes. Thank you. I have. I would like to now share a few facts with our listeners, which I'm sure they're already aware of. Uh, U.S. News and World Report, one of the most prestigious academic ranking,
1: and and what does the U.S. stand for?
3: United States.
1: Ah, not Ulysses S. Interesting. Hmm. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Please continue.
3: No, no. Thank you, Ryan. I think that was a good clarification. Arizona State, in that publication, has been ranked for three years in a row as the country's most innovative university. This includes... Such innovations as being picked to finish last in the Pac-12 South, but then defeating a highly ranked Washington Huskies team, a very well-moneyed Oregon Ducks team, and the arch-rival Arizona Wildcats and making a bowl, but following up that surprising success by firing the head coach and bringing in a random old guy to coach the team. Innovative!
1: It's really an interesting word. Um, It, of course, comes from the Italian Novatio, uh, which was a torture method developed by the Medicis, uh, by which a person's uh, hair would be completely removed from their body, strand by strand, woven into... Uh, something of a, uh, of a binding, of a, uh, uh, of a noose, if you will, and then they would be hung by their own hair. This, of course, an ineffective torture and murder device for bald men, which is, of course, why uh, the famous Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are bald, too. Uh, as a nod to that Renaissance tradition of novatio.
2: That's a fascinating tidbit, Ryan. I did want to go ahead, and while we're appreciating Arizona State, say that the hire of Herm Edwards, a brilliant move on for so many reasons. So important to the local economy and culture have been the senior citizens who have given Arizona an influx of so many things that we consider important. A fascination with firearms, a barely concealed racism, retrograde voting,
1: A memory of the New York Jets being relevant and interesting. Mm -hmm.
2: Spectacular traffic accidents. What would life be without the seniors of Paradise Valley? I think it would be a less lively place, certainly on the roads.
1: Well, I think, ironically, it'd be more lively on the roads without them. But your point is well taken. Herm Edwards, of course... Son of a World War II veteran college football player in the Pacific 12 himself. Graduate of a different degree-granting institution in the state of California. Just just a, a, a true Western hero through and through. Best known as a professional player for a play simply dubbed The Fumble. Which in many ways, uh, I think, encapsulates what happened with this Arizona State hire. We took what everyone thought was folly and mischief and have turned it into undoubted stuff of legends.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Hail Arizona State. Hail Herm Edwards. It'll be a memorable season. And if you don't remember it, that's okay. Herm might not either.
1: It's, it's, it's interesting to see, uh, well, members of the Southern media, if I must put a point on it, uh, look to Herm's gap in direct football employment, last employed by the Kansas City Chiefs in 2008, before taking this job, considering this is the Bible Belt they're from. It strikes me that they're forgetting someone else who wandered the wilderness for a period of time, undocumented, unclear what he was doing, in truth, training for the most important phase of his life. I'm, of course, talking
3: about Jake Plummer. I seem to recall a character in the Holy Bible... Who went to the desert and said some weird stuff? Just like Herm Edwards has.
1: Several. Mm -hmm. The The desert causes weird stuff to be said. And sometimes your wife turns into a pillar of salt. And the important thing is that as a community, we all agree to just move on.
2: Yes, and like the prophet Ezekiel, we will see amazing apparitions in the stadium this year. Armies coming from the sky. Phantom achievements. All kinds of things which are unverifiable and which we'll probably talk about thousands of years from now without the support of any data. Much like Arizona State's potential record this year. But there's more important things than winning and losing. For instance, I think there's mirth. And when we come back from this next segment, I think we need to look at the rest of the Pac-12 South with a bit of humor. And welcome back. Now we're playing Phoenix's hottest quiz game. Wait, wait, don't hell me. <laughs> that's right live from the stagecoach lounge I'm your host Spencer Hall late of Chicago public radio but now soaking in the Rays here at kduI in Tempe Arizona thanks for everyone here uh, we've got local celebrity Ryan nanny joining us uh Ryan how's the book tour going
1: uh due to pending legal send- settlement I cannot comment on it but thank you
2: that's great. Also joining us, a uh, local local radio host and uh, fellow NPR family member, also big Arizona State fan, uh, rowdier than he looks, that'd be Dr. Jason Kirk. Dr. Jason Kirk, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, we're going to have a droll time because we're going to be asking questions uh, ripped from the headlines from the Pac-12 South. Uh, You know, the way that we'll score this, of course, each correct answer is three points for one lucky guest. Uh, This week, that guest is going to be Joe Corbett. That's right, Joe Corbett from uh, Tempe. He's been here for 38 years. He has diabetes, and uh, that's it. That's all we know about Joe. Joe, we're playing for you this week. Hope the diabetes is uh, treating you right. So with that... We'll uh, we'll do it for Joe here. See if we can get our panel to answer a couple of questions about the Pac-12 South. Our first question is for Jason Kirk. Jason, are you ready? I'm ready. What Pac-12 South team only has 22 Rhodes Scholars, four Nobel Prize winners, two Turing Award winners, eight MacArthur Fellows, two astronauts, and one returning starter along their defensive line.
3: Hmm. Is
1: the returning starter also a Turing fellow?
3: Well, based on what I know about the Pac-12, I'm going to guess this is the San Diego Chargers.
2: Hmm, It's an excellent guess, but... Joe and his diabetes are sitting at zero points. It's a—it's uh, the University of Utah. Hmm. The University of Utah, which I didn't figure would didn't only have two Turing Fellows and one returning starter on a team known for having a robust defensive line. just It seems unusual. Sorry, Sorry, Joe, we're trying. We're trying for you and your diabetes to get you off the zero points. Utah's got so much to replace. It's terrifying, really
1: next but not a head coach
2: not a head coach a
1: mainstay a relative bulwark if you think about it
2: a robust looking man who never misses a workout Kyle Whittingham
1: now the longest tenured coach in the Pac-12 by far kind of has the look of the man who you look up one day and you're like oh you're speaker of the house now you've been here the longest and everyone else was indicted or quit which, in college football, is a thing that can
2: happen. Ryan Nandy, the next question is for you. What are the biggest gaping fault lines in Southern California? There are two.
1: Um, I'm going to say the UCLA offensive line and the relationship between... UCLA's athletic department and its fans you've you've got actually I'm going to
2: revise I'm going to say both of those are correct three points for Joe and his diabetes in Tempe huzzah well done well done sir perceptive and correcting our incorrect answer the San Andreas was one of those but uh fault lines very hard to measure in terms of size we'll just go ahead and make this a ludic exercise if you will a joke a tasteful joke. A tasteful joke, much like the anticipated five point six wins or so that UCLA is supposed to have this year, despite having no offensive line, uh, a mixed bag at best at quarterback, and uh, a defensive line, and not much else returning for that defense.
1: Like to share a bit of California uh, trivia with you both, if you have the time. Oh, by me, by all uh, means, please. I, I assume you're. I assume you're familiar with the animal. That is on the state flag of California. That would be the bear. It's it's not just any bear, though. It's the California grizzly bear. Do either of you happen to, you can just throw out a guess here, know how many of that bear uh, exist in the wild or in captivity today? I, I do not.
3: I I I would like to guess 16.
1: The answer is zero. This bear is extinct. California's Proud flag bears, you'll pardon the pun, an extinct animal on it. This flag was used, more importantly, uh, by an unrecognized breakaway state that controlled Sonoma County, California for, Spencer, I'm actually going to turn this to you. Was it three months, three years, or three weeks? Three years. Just over three weeks, I'm sorry to say. The Bear bear Flag Revolt in June 1846. So when you see proud Joe Bruin, remember that he in some ways represents a dead animal and a collective effort that didn't survive an entire month. Go Bruins.
3: Three weeks, roughly the length of Lane Kiffin's final season at Southern California.
2: Mm. Deposed by, by whom?
3: By your son, Devils.
2: That is correct. As always, doing California the favors it can't do for itself. Arizona. Now, my next question is this. What Pac-12 South team lost the following four of their five top wide receivers, has road trips to Nebraska, Arizona, Washington, and USC, is predicted to win projected to win 4 games in 2018 has to replace their offensive coordinator and was also the winning bid in a competition between two towns one of which would get a university and the other the prison
1: this is for either of you can you can you repeat the road schedule teams please sure Sure. The
2: road-scheduled teams, Nebraska, Arizona, Washington,
1: and USC. I'm going to guess Colorado.
2: That's that Arizona State difference coming through, because you are correct, sir. Another three points for you, Joe, and his diabetes out in Tempe. Well
3: Diabetes, as well as recording points.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we're 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 tallying those separately, and um, we will have uh we will have a mystery Arizona State alum leave a voicemail on your personal home phone without you knowing. It's not a threat, and you legally can't hold it against us.
2: That is correct. The the University of Colorado, whose team probably faces yet another year of regression. Because there's just not that much there in terms of talent. Just not. It's like the atmosphere over Boulder. It's just very high up, kind of boils away into the ozone. You come there as a four star, <laughs> evaporate to a three star. That's a joke. Four stars don't really go to Colorado. Ha ha ha.
1: We have fun we have fun we so have much fun, fun. <laughs> we have fun
2: stroll, oh by the way, that competition to open the university or the prison in your town that was between Boulder and Canyon City and the consolation prize if you did not win it would be the new Colorado state prison
1: you know that's there's an actually uh there's an interesting historical parallel with. Our own institution, Arizona State, and um, our different brothers in Tucson, the University of Arizona. Uh, are, are either of you familiar with the 1885 Arizona Territorial Legislature? I don't, go on.
3: I love to hear the tale as often as possible.
1: Colloquially, colloquial, colloquially known. Excuse me. I've had a little too much Arizona State Gatorade. As the Thieving 13th, this was the Territorial Council uh, in which one member uh, punched a copper lobbyist and was challenged to a duel that was never held because they couldn't agree on weapons, and other legislative fights involved a monkey wrench and a bullwhip. But we're not here to talk about those shenanigans. We're here to talk about what that legislature did. Two important things. First they gave a small allocation of money to the normal school that would eventually become Arizona State and of course fair tempe they also offered tucson a substantial sum of money to start a university tucson didn't want this money because do you know what they wanted instead go on a mental institution <laughs> which offered far more federal dollars at the time. Even after Tucson was given uh, the grant for a university, the town was about to return the money to the state legislature until two gamblers and a saloon keeper donated 40 acres outside of town. And that eventually became Arizona's campus. So it's interesting that we look and see Arizona donated a coach by texas a&m currently paying kevin sumlin they are of course the saloon keeper in this scenario and the bouncers and the uh the bouncers excuse me the boosters are the gamblers that's the acreage that they've donated that's that's kevin sumlin his services are all that keeps arizona from uh, but for that Seems fair to assume Arizona football would have just folded, and if you look at the schedule, well, maybe they still should.
2: My next question is again open; either Jason or Ryan can answer for Joe and his diabetes in Tempe.
1: We love you, Joe. What we are we are okay with your diabetes. Well, I wouldn't say we're friends but we'll be cordial when we see you at Bennigans or Olive Garden.
2: What do journalism and the University of Arizona's football team have in common?
3: Neither defeated Arizona State last year
2: correct
1: also also correct they are both unnecessary at the rose bowl
2: both depend on five w's wow that's for journalism people out there we value you and appreciate you
1: who what where when and walt Whitman. It's all one word. And Waleel Wait, their quarterback.
3: Wally? Yes. Wally from the mo- the Pixar film.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if you've if you've been to Tucson, it does look like a wasteland. It really does. Our, our Fair Brothers in the desert.
2: Probably again staring down the barrel of five wins. Yes, yes. They do have a vibrant and exciting player in Khalil Tate. We didn't see much of him last year. But but we, we look forward to seeing him playing against other teams. Other teams.
1: Not us. It's I, I would say it's like any Arizona graduate you see with a nice new sports automobile, perhaps. You see him racing down the highway exceeding speed limits, ignoring posted signage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. your PCDP- first your first He seemed to be well within the speed limit against the Sun Devils last year. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) You see this Arizona grad speeding around, feeling important, and you think, well, this is quite a fast vehicle. And then you think, "Mm, he's going to wrap it around a tree.
2: Let me tell you something else
1: that Arizona has.
2: That I think is in common with many of their graduates, their football team, like many of their alumni, especially their defense, they plead no contest. It's a Nolo, a Nolo
1: plea on defense. I'm just glad that they at least get an A on their helmets. Hmm.
2: Such a good time. Another quiz question. We're nearing the end here. I think. Does, did diabetes win yet? I think diabetes has won. And that's good because if Joe gets more than nine points where he's sitting at the moment, then he's going to get a free gift certificate to Denny's where he can order the Grand Slam breakfast along with his diabetes. We'll give them both gift certificates for these.
1: We'll, we'll I will also be throwing in a 20% off discount card to Rudy Carpenter Chiropractics. Eight offices all over the state of Arizona to meet all your back reassembly needs.
2: Everything, everything you could use in chiropractic in one sack. Rudy Carpenter, chiropractic.
1: Yes. See, I told you Arizona would wrap that car around a tree. There he goes, Khalil Tate. Running for a more than
2: 26 yards? I don't know. He seemed very orderly against us. That's all at I'm our, saying.
3: At our local NPR studio, mm-hmm. we're trying a new recording format where we record in the open air. Am- amongst the wildlife. Oh, and, and the the natural aesthetics that surround us and, 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 and permeate us. I find it's a much, a much more natural recording process i'm sure you both agree
1: be sure to uh that that's a good reminder to listeners be sure to buy tickets now for our live show at red rocks featuring special guest dale chihuly
2: dale chihuly a thrilling man bold erotic Finally, to close out the quiz question, and to get those two Denny certificates for both Joe and his diabetes. LeBron James made news this week when he announced he would join the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron comes to Southern California by way of Florida. Chuckle, it's Florida. <laughs> 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 oh, They're criminals. What other L.A.-based sports figure came to the City of Angels by way of the Sunshine State, specifically via Gainesville, Florida? Mmm. It may be Pac-12 South
1: related. I was going to guess a California Angel, but I don't watch baseball. I only feel it. The spirit, that
3: Mm. Chip Kelly, of course, was pursued by the local amateur football club in Gainesville, Florida.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No, but
3: he's a John Irving character come to life. Also, alligators
2: alligators are not good at catching things when they run in zigzags. And as we all know, the Chip Kelly offense is about space and angles. Can't keep up.
1: I remember in a second prayer for Owen Meany, when Chip Kelly found his mother... Sleeping with a moose and immediately chopped off his own arm. It's probably the eighth worst scene in the novel. I don't know the answer to your question, though. I'll be honest.
2: The answer is USC football coach Clay Helton. Who? Who was born in Gainesville, Florida. If you're not familiar, Clay Helton is the coach in entering his third year at USC. Yes, I know the recognition may be pretty minimal he may be one of the least recognizable people not just in college football but anywhere as vague formless and shapeless as the born character
1: in the books where he has his features sanded off honestly as as formless as his first name suggests i mean clay it's meant to be malleable changed into different shapes and forms in fact, and I don't want this to sound classist, I just propose that we change his name to Roland Garros Helton I think that will give him a, a more international flavor uh, something a little more zesty, suggests the spirit of competition, but also short shorts
2: Well I will say this, he is in his third year in the Pac-12 South, being
1: weak I'm sorry, I forgot. Who are we talking about? But that would be Clay Helton. Who? I won't recognize. He is who. a coach at USC. I, again. Do you mean Lane Kiffin? Clay, Lane, they sound similar. Clane. Do You mean Lane? Clayne?
2: Clayne, no, no, no. Clayne Kelton? Jay Clay Helton? I will put it this way. Coach A at mm. USC... We'll black box it. Schrodinger's coach, if you will. The team only returns 52% of its production overall. From a team that won 11 games last year. Losing Sam Darnold at quarterback. And plays road games at Stanford. Texas. eh, Arizona. Utah. UCLA. And Orange State. That's actually not that bad. But, point being... There are holes for USC to fill, and in them, they have but an improving defense and no specific quarterback, all of whom hail from Southern California, by the way, including one from Temecula. If you want to know more about Temecula, check out our explainer, Meet Me in Temecula, the history of the internet's rowdiest meeting point.
1: I'm sorry, you said holes to fill, and Matt Liner DM'd me, so. Hmm, that makes two of us, because as you all know,
2: before joining NPR, and after graduating Arizona State, I did a significant stint in the adult film industry.
3: Oh!
1: Hello listeners, it's 8.27 in the evening, you're listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Hell Me, Right now the temperature outside a surprisingly comfortable 127. We're still here with our guest Professor Jason Kirk, expert on football geology and a connoisseur of local culture in Tempe if I am if my notes are correct.
3: Oh, that's kind of you to say. Thank you. This is a lovely studio.
1: Again, we're outdoors.
3: That's why it's so lovely. I So for your listeners who may be considering a trip to our fair town, I've prepared a list that I've come to refer to as the Seven Wonders of Tempeh. I can read them for you if you'd like. Please, that would be lovely. Tempeh has a marathon named after P.F. Chang's.
1: Huh? Is is eating P.F. Chang's involved in said marathon? Yes. Interesting. Delightful and proletarian.
3: Throughout, to truly to truly complete the experience, one must eat P.F. Chang's for an entire four to six hours. Uh,
1: the marathon, of course, twenty six point two miles, because that is the length of the Great Wall of
3: China. That's that is correct. I learned that at Arizona State University. Tempei also has City Sisterhood with Timbuktu. City Sisterhood, of course, that is a portal through which a person can walk and arrive in the other town. So if you're ever in Timbuktu, you're actually in Tempei.
2: Mm, Joe Arpaio did not like that.
3: Tampa also has the Territorial Cup, a college football rivalry trophy that was allegedly invented in the 1800s but was actually only created in like the 1940s or something and then lost in a church basement until around the year 1982. But the point is it hasn't resided in the foul dank stench of Tucson in several years, only twice since 2011, in fact, it's definitely not in Tucson.
1: And honestly, we just let them have it because
3: where else will they pee? Tempe also has a bunch of weird architecture by Frank Lloyd Wright that mm-hmm. pre- pre-alt-right Kanye would have really enjoyed.
1: Yes, it's all of. Uh, I what I love about Wright's work is that it's all about. Um, turning a home into an uncomfortable experience and really that's what the pac-12 south is all about what if this dining table couldn't be eaten at what if there were windows below your toilet what if all of this was incredibly warm like uncomfortably constantly warm
2: additionally what if a continuous problem that my homes had had throughout their history i.e Being somewhat libertarian in terms of controlling water coming through the roof, well, what if they were built in the desert, where that was scarcely a problem? seemed to be
3: a pretty smart move. Frank thought it was. That's how you get bugs. Of course, Frank Lloyd Wright would see a window and think, let's just knock that out. Let's just have a hole. Let's just have a wall with a space that's not a wall. Along the same lines, Tempe has a Lego Land. Mm. Next, I'd like to read the following quote to you from Tempe.gov, the official website of our town. Quote, In the 1930s, the Tuberculosis Sanitarium was built on Curry Road, overlooking. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. Mm, excuse you. <laughs> Felt some emotions overlooking the Salt River this luxurious facility served wealthy TB patients who moved to Arizona because of the dry climate and low allergens these visitors became the first of what become what would become a booming tourist industry Arizona tourism was founded by tuberculosis Finally the seventh wonder of Tempe Sir Edwards
1: Support for this week's episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Hell Me is brought to you by Explained, Vox's new show on Netflix. Each episode takes a 15-minute deep dive into a single important topic. This week, that topic is eSports. Learn what makes eSports a worldwide phenomenon, where the turning point came from arcade play, and who the Michael Jordan of the space is. Go to Netflix.com/explained or search for Vox on Netflix. Thank you for listening to NP12. And wait, wait, don't tell me. Right now, it's a somewhat uncomfortable 217 degrees outside in Tempe. Spencer, uh, why don't we wrap up with a brief but meaningful look? A short story, if you will, a one-act play through the Arizona State football schedule.
2: Yes, I thought we would go through and proffer our guesses as to which games Arizona State will win at the end of the year. Looking through the initial schedule on September 1st, there is a game against the University of Texas San Antonio. As we know, San Antonio is an imitation of better cities in Arizona. I and, think and a
1: and an unimpressive one at that.
2: Yes, yes.
1: I think I think UTSA
2: loses this game and Arizona State begins one and zero to week two.
1: Ryan, ah, uh, then we face the uh, the mighty Michigan State Spartans. It is a home game, of course. Michigan State probably will wear some sort of filthy sweat pant to the game that is befitting uh, the locals in East Lansing, from what I understand. Um, interesting to see what is known as a hard-nosed or gritty team, but ultimately it's hard to imagine that Arizona State doesn't win this game by two touchdowns, three touchdowns. I think our pain tolerance alone is higher than that of Michigan State's, and our willingness to bring in new old coaches is more interesting than Michigan State's adherence to an old old coach. Also, should we remind
2: everyone, in the literature of the classics, the Spartans are not very smart, and actually don't win much Sun Devils by 21. Jason, would you care to take a guess at the matchup versus the
3: San Diego State Aztecs? In week 3 against San Diego Estate, the Sun Devils, of course, face a Pac-12 team. I say this based on the Sun Devils losing to San Diego Estate last year. Not a shameful loss at all. A conference loss against a Power 5 team. They also beat Stanford. Nothing embarrassing about that. Totally normal. Like Tempe Normal School, the original name of our university, I think, when we were a teacher when we were a teacher school, think about how smart you have to be to teach teachers. We've
1: always been teachers. We've always pedagogy has always been
3: first and foremost. The Sun Devils will get their revenge against Las Aztecas with a twenty five point victory.
1: Honestly, it's just the fact that this is a road game. I think speaks to Arizona State's commitment to um to history we're going to see not just a football game but a derelict nfl stadium this is sort of like playing in the wreck of the titanic or some similarly or abandoned facility or or at the coliseum correct uh, at which will you know We'll get to later in the season, but really, if you think of this football season, not as a series of games, but as sort of an archaeological tour, I mean, the wonders that we'll get to visit, it's its pretty impressive. Week four, I would like to go ahead,
2: and if I may take the helm on this one, phrasing intentional, because at Washington, remember, so little do they regard the seriousness of a football game, that they mix it with Boating. Boating What foolish foolishness, foolishness to be on to to be on like, the water.
3: Like when you drive on the, the 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 very the blue dirt?
2: Not only the blue dirt, but blue dirt that connects to other blue dirt
1: that extends for
3: miles and miles uh, and repulsive. miles. How could anyone go anywhere near that stuff?
1: Um, I I hate to interject, but I was talk I was having Virgin Negronis with my good friend Malcolm Gladwell oh, the other me. week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. ah, ah. Mm, I'm sorry. Oh, excuse
2: the outburst. Go <laughs> ahead. We had an intruder. Understandable. In oh, no, goodness.
1: And, and and we were discussing how uh how his research I say his it is of course the research of others, but Malcolm is a curator, if nothing else. Uh, has indicated that confidence is actually the key to athletic success. It's not commonly held beliefs of strength or speed or endurance. Uh, And the mere fact that Washington lacks the confidence to go with some sort of body positive name and instead has self-labeled the entire team Huskies, it's hard. Uh, There's nothing that makes me think that they can win that game
2: my sole counter argument is this consider the greatness that arizona state has achieved here in the desert working with very very little in the way of actual hydration the strength and conditioning team can only do so much having a fall to perform at such a high level with so little moisture in the body consider what they'll do with an actual striking distance of water it's like working with a restrictor plate on an engine take it off And the Sun Devils will be capable of things that the Washington Huskies never dreamed of. I think this is closer than people think. However, that unleashed potential
3: put the dogs
2: in a very,
3: very bad house. You know what else the Washington Huskies have never dreamed of? Hmm. Making a 22-yard field goal. Oh, goodness. Dear me.
1: Jason, you are a mean one.
3: Next up is Oregon State. A team will defeat. Followed by they Colorado. Suck.
2: A team I believe we will defeat. That's two weeks in a row of surefire wins for the Arizona State Sun Devils. I think going to Stanford. No. I'll admit this close. is a, it's a it is a close competition, both on and off the field. And though we do respect them, I think their limitations as a private institution are. Probably keep them from the greatness that they would otherwise achieve, both on the field and off. This is Arizona State. In a close game, I'm going to say only
1: nine points.
3: Total. Nine points total. We'll defeat them
1: five to four. If your greatest achievement was a prison experiment, shouldn't you just be the Miami Hurricanes? Oh, goodness. Also a private school. Jason, what can you tell me about the academics at the University of Southern California?
3: Well, it's highly regarded, which is a little surprising to me because USC only has 43,000 undergrads. It's a pathetic number. That might sound like a big school to some of our listeners from impoverished parts of the nation. Arizona State has 59,000 undergrads. Wisdom for all! How can USC hope to compete against these numbers?
1: That's an excellent point. The sheer number of advanced placement examinations our students have taken, results I think are a poor indicator of academic success, uh, has to dwarf those of USC.
2: Numbers don't lie, as they say. There's simply more IQ
1: and more brain cells at Arizona State. Sorry. Plus... I mean, USC, the classic V for victory, but we, of course, figured out a way to take that boring, stodgy symbol and make it a little more zesty. That's a win for Arizona State.
3: Up next, the University of Utah. I was not aware... There was a state named Utah. Yes, Utah.
2: Let
1: me tell you exactly where it is. It's between... um, It's between... It's one of those uh, elements at the bottom of the periodic table that only exist for lab measurements of time. You would never find them uh, in some sort of geode or roadside curio It's It's
2: Nevada during the day. When it has to present a public face,
3: mm. as opposed I to at you, night
2: when it turns into Nevada, like like
3: like Jekyll and Hyde. I think Utonium was the element that was created to do to just sit still.
1: It is it is the element that measures uh, Utah's chances of winning a conference title.
3: Hmm. how long does it oh oh just like that you just missed like it that. you missed it oh oh! look again oh there it is time, there it went. time to kick off the third game of the year and utanium has expired gets
1: shorter every year doesn't it interesting half-life is a bitch like that
2: next looking at arizona state's schedule we have ucla that's a win that's a win it's at it's in tempe and it's ucla who, who might get fought four or five wins They'll, they won't get one at Let's just assume that. Moving on. O- Oregon? That's a road game. A colorful road game to a delightful little stadium in the Burg of Eugene. Little known fact about Eugene, the inspiration for Springfield of the Simpsons fame. The one mm. show that everyone on NPR
1: has watched. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a university that's losing faculty members to Florida State. Do I need to say anything else?
2: There's no need to bring community colleges into this.
1: Noble though they are,
2: and finally, after that win in Eugene. Hmm, true, true. Our brethren in Tucson will suffer yet another defeat. And I predict that this time though, Khalil Tate, he might show up and rush for I don't know, thirty yards. Let's give him 30. It's charity.
1: That's a good reminder that our charity drive continues here at KDUI. Uh, As always, your funds are tax deductible to the maximum extent allowed by the law, though we'll never report one way or the other. And all funds go directly to identifying whatever it is that's growing on Spencer's back. Spencer, any update on uh, that interesting growth? It's under observation. I bet Herm Edwards can figure it out. Let's give him a scalpel, a microscope, and time. Thank you again for listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the Internet's only Arizona State podcast. Temperature has dropped back down to a perfectly safe 183 degrees. Now it's time for our newest Arizona State podcast,
3: ASU Things Considered. Hi, my name is Jason Kirk, and I'll be your host for ASU Things Considered. This evening, we're talking about academics. Here's a fun fact for you. Arizona State is a Research One university. Arizona and Colorado, of course, are not. In fact, ASU is the number 19-ranked public research university, according to the UMass Center for Measuring University Performance. Pretty impressive. And were ASU in the Big Ten Conference, it would rank number eight in the 14-team Big Ten ahead of Purdue, Maryland, and Michigan State in research. That's right. A better school than Purdue. If the Big Ten added Arizona State and, say, Virginia, Arizona State would rank in the Big Ten's upper half academically and also win its baseball tournament every year. I say again, Arizona State fouls and filling neon fanny packs with Jose Cuervo is a better university than almost half of the Big Ten. Once more... The academic research done at Iowa, Minnesota, Indiana, Nebraska, Purdue, Maryland, and Michigan State is inferior to the academic research done at the school most likely to be cited by National College Sports podcasts as the go-to example of a carefree party school. The Big Ten, its research would look even worse here if it hadn't gone and added Rutgers. Now, one might say, oh, well, this is because Big Ten schools are so large. They have to spend all their time teaching instead of researching, and that's why they're so much worse than Arizona State at research. Yet, ASU has more undergrads than every Big Ten school except Ohio State and Minnesota. Therefore, based on the combined metrics, the only two internationally recognized academic metrics of research and sheer physical bulk, we can conclude that Ohio State is the Big Ten's only school that might be better than Arizona State at academics. We'll break the tie like this. Which of the two teams most recently got shut out in a football game in the Phoenix metro area? The answer is Ohio State. This is why Arizona State doesn't need to ever go to the Rose Bowl. We've already beaten every Big Ten team anyway. And by the way, we have won the Rose Bowl before. Arizona has never been. That was
1: ASU Things Considered. Please be sure to tune in next week for the debut of our Fresno State podcast, Car Talk.